doing? My name is Mike Teal. Uh, I am a Don Bosco prep graduate in class of 2004. Went on to play at Rutgers University. Um, from there, was drafted in the sixth round by the Seattle Seahawks and spent uh, about two years um, in the NFL with Chicago and, and Seattle. After my playing career finished, I started coaching. I worked at Rutgers for um, a little time and most recently I've taken a job at Don Bosco Prep as the offensive coordinator here at Bosco in North Jersey. Uh, very nice. And you said that you had graduated from Bosco as well. So what's the remor- most rewarding thing about co- coaching at such an elite program at Don Bosco where you were a state championship winning quarterback? Uh, you know, it's fun to work with kids. It's fun to give back to the kids. And I've been fortunate uh, in my playing career to be around a lot of really, really good people and coaches, and I've learned a lot from those people. Uh, and if it wasn't for my playing career, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. So I feel almost obligated by having those experiences to find ways to get back to the kids and to teach them some of the things that I've learned, both on and off the field, um, academically, socially, and athletically. And, you know, thankfully I've been able to do that the last couple of years. Yeah, and I'm sure the kids are pumped to have, like, you with your, your – Planker in the NFL as their coach. I mean, that's that's pretty unique, I think. Yeah, yeah it is, but it's, it's kind of funny now because these kids that are in high school now are so young. Mm-hmm. A lot of them don't remember me as a player at all, so they had to go back and Google it, YouTube <laughs> it, and, and, you know, they wouldn't believe me, and then they finally saw it and said, hey, coach, you actually were pretty good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was all right. You know? but but, oh, that's funny former NFL quarterback Mike Teal on CTE. Especially as being a high school coach, all the experience that you have within playing at Rutgers and for the Seahawks, are you worried about um, CTE? Because it has been confirmed at every position except the kicker, and I know you were a quarterback. Is that something that's on your radar at all or no? Um, Obviously, you have to be aware of it because, you know, as a former player, you know, obviously you want to be concerned with it because you want to live a healthy life Um, as a coach. Especially dealing with high school kids is mm-hmm. the question that comes into play. Well, how do you prevent it? And, you know, how do you prevent concussions and this and that? And, you know, really there is no way to prevent a concussion. If, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But you can take certain steps over the course of, you know, practice periods and, and weeks leading up to the games where you can try to do everything in your power to decrease the chance for that to happen. You know, football is a, a violent physical game and that's the game that it is. Uh, it's part of the game. I think that you know you see with the NFL concussion protocol and, and really college and, and all the way down to our level, we, had, we we require all of our kids to take concussion tests and you know form a baseline of where right. they are. Right. Um, and if they do have a concussion, it's a mandated 10-day um, or 7-10-day to um, period, I guess, mm-hmm. where you have no activity. Um, so, th- so there's definitely a lot more awareness and a lot more um, literature on the whole concussion deal than mm-hmm. there was, say, 10 years ago. Um, we, at Don Bosco Prep, we practice where we try to make sure we, we keep our kids from being in live contact as much as possible. Because mm-hmm. um, as a coach, ultimately your job is to win games on Saturday, and if you beat each other up during the week, you can't win games because you don't have players healthy and then the other part of your job is to ensure that 
you're giving the kids the best chance to stay as healthy as they can. Right. As I watch games, and I, I read a stat, I think it said that the NFL concussions are up like 58% from last year or something. I'd have to go fact check that. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm thinking, the you first of all, there's more awareness, obviously, for concussions and protocol and things like that. But ten, like you said, 10 years ago, not many of the stadiums had turf fields. I think, and it's just my opinion, I'm going to ask you, do you think that the, the, having turf instead of real grass has contributed to increasing the speed of the game and thus the, the harder hits in the game and then more concussions as a result? Um, no, I don't think it's necessarily impacted the speed of the game. I think that um, people, uh, athletes, have learned to train differently, which have in turn made them bigger and stronger and faster, mm-hmm. which in turn creates more impact when, when there are collisions in the game. Right. Um, I think the turf, the, the field turf, has created a little bit of a harder surface where if, uh, if a football player, or really any sport for that matter, that plays out on field turf, lacrosse, right, um, right. baseball, if soccer, if they, <clears throat> if they fall and they happen to hit their head on the, on the field turf surface compared to a grass surface, I, I think that field turf, field turf surface is a little harder than, than a natural grass field maybe, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I don't know. There, I think there's a, a bunch of different reasons why, you know, concussion rates are up, and, you know, I know from my personal experience, I played football for 25 years, and I never had one concussion. Right. Um, and so, am I in the minority? I, I guess I am. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm pretty lucky, but that's just kind of, you know, that's kind of the way it's been for me, personally. A quarterback's take on the interpretation of the catch rule in the NFL today. Why does the NFL need to solidify the catch versus the no catch rule? I think the issue with the catch rule is the inconsistencies of it. Because you go back to a couple of years ago when Calvin Johnson dropped the one and you know it was a catch, but then it wasn't a catch in the back of the end zone. Mm-hmm. I think it was in Chicago, and then there was one earlier this year in one of the playoff games where you know he caught it and. Made a football move, but then didn't control it through the ground, so right. it was an incomplete catch. I think they, they've made it hard on themselves because of the, the description and the inconsistencies of how it's called. And you know, to me, it's, it's almost a judgment call on, on each referee's you know own disposal. And when you when you have you know a vague rule with different people making different rules, I think it makes it tough to enforce it consistently. And I think that's you know from talking to my friends and, and guys who still play in the NFL. I, positions is they're not looking for a change in the rule specifically more so a consistency to the rule mm-hmm. where they know what means what and, and this way it's officiated the same way you know across the board. Teal on trouble quarterback Johnny Manziel and his opinion of Cam Newton's post-Super Bowl press conference backed by personal examples. The quarterback most of the time is seen as the captain of the team and role models on and off the field. Do you have any thoughts about Cam Newton walking out of that press conference post Super Bowl, or Johnny Manziel going down like a really bad path? Um, Johnny Manziel, I think, is different than, than Cam Newton. I think yeah. Johnny Manziel is in a, a much different situation mm-hmm. um, in his life right now. You know, that's something where I think professional help is needed. I think yeah, Cam Newton. I agree. You no, know, I have, I have different opinions on Cam Newton. I think that he represents a lot of what football is, a lot of the reason why all these guys play the game and people forget 
you know, at some points why they do play the game because there's so much money involved and, and it's such a cutthroat business. And mm-hmm. You have to play the game, one, because you love it. If you don't love the game of football, unlike any other sport, if you don't truly love it, you're not going to succeed and you're not going to be able to continue to, to perform at a high level. Now, with Cam and, and the quarterback situation, when everything's going really well, it's great to, to enjoy it and have fun and be vocal, but you know, I think when things don't go so well, you know, an example of in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I think you've got to be you've got to be mature enough and grown enough to handle those situations the right way. And obviously, um, you know, I don't think he handled it the right way. I know he's come out and said, you know, he's a competitor, and that's the reason why he is where he is. And I agree with all that. I do because you you have to not like losing. You know, you right. need to right. lose more than you love to win. That's all part of playing the quarterback position, but. Also playing a quarterback position is sitting in front of the media when things don't don't go well and don't go your way. And I, I had to go through that as a player um, when I was in college when things necessarily didn't go well. It didn't really matter because you had to kind of bite your lip and, and go about the business. You had to go about and be professional about it. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think, and then he came out and issued like a, a sorry, I'm not sorry kind of apology. I think we could have done without. Yeah. Mike Teal's thoughts on the NFL's international series. The NFL is expanding into the international series. They're London, they've established in London, and now they're looking at Mexico, New Mexico City. Is it good or is it bad, and, and why or why not? Um, well, it's, uh, it's interesting because college is doing that and, and high school is also doing that. One of our rivals is going to play a game in Ireland this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Boston College is going to Ireland. I think I think the game of football is, is unlike other really popular sports in the world where soccer, you know, European football is, is predominantly the, the biggest sport in the world. Mm-hmm. Football is the biggest sport in America, but we're we're a small piece of what the what the world really is. So I think for us to be able to go out and and um, and, sh- and showcase the game that you know is so important. To, to this place, to, to America, I think that it's really exciting. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, and I'm, but I'm sitting there watching it on TV, and I see, you know, whatever teams are playing, everybody in the stands has different jerseys on. I just think that's kind of funny to watch that. <laughs> it's different, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I, I guess they couldn't, they can't really pick a, a favorite team because they never know who's going to be playing there. I don't know. It's just weird to me. I don't know. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people overseas really have a, know a, a true you know fan base interest. yeah i think there's interest in the game right i don't think there's interest in actual teams more so than you know players that they see on, on tv that are popular players in the nfl his thoughts on my new proposed penalty in the nfl should players that plead with and try to intimidate the referees after penalties be a penalty uh that's a good question um yeah probably i think that you know, the referees are in place for, for a specific reason. They're in there to, to control the game, to monitor the game, and make sure that the, the two teams are on even playing field from a from a perspective of, of uh, discipline and and you know fundamental you know penalties. I think if, if a player gets a penalty and tries to tries to impose his will on right. uh, a referee has no bearing on the game, I think that that is really is a penalty. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Because I watched Rob Gronkowski literally stand up to a referee and get in his face. And the referee stood his ground. I, I'll give him credit. But, you know, I don't know. I, I just – I do think – I agree with you. I do think that should be a penalty for sure. I was going to say, it's, it's a little different. There's a little more leniency in, in the NFL because um, most players, you know, play for, you know, generally speaking, a lot more than – high school or college kids so yeah. yeah so referees and players do have a little bit of a different relationship but still there should be a penalty if they do something like that the quarterback's thoughts on the current format of the pro bowl do you have any suggestions because we saw that uh, i think it was seven patriots all of a sudden got injuries and couldn't attend the pro bowl throw revis hurt his elbow couldn't return couldn't play in the pro bowl do you have any suggestions to amend it to restore somewhat of its honor not really. No. <laughs> Not really. That's, the, That's okay. The, the way the NFL has become and the lifespan of, of a career of a player, the most important thing for a player is is really his health and his body. And if playing a Pro Bowl could jeopardize that, then I think they're gonna they're not gonna play. And with the way the NFL seasons have become, the, the physical demand of you know what the players have to go through. Mm-hmm. For, for 16 weeks, it's hard, you know, three or four weeks later to turn around and say, hey, we want you to play in an all-star game now and go out and play real hard. It's just, right. I don't think it's realistic. Rutgers quarterback Mike Teal's draft day story. You were drafted by the Seahawks in the sixth round of the 2009 draft. Could you just take me through the NFL draft experience? When Did the phone ring? Who were you with? Did you guys have a party? Well, I got a great story to tell the truth, so... <laughs> Um, speaking with my agents and going through the workouts, we knew that I wasn't going to take on the, on the first day. Back then, it was only two days, it wasn't right. three days. So I knew the first day was out of question. Um, the second day, at Sunday, I had scheduled to play golf with my cousins, uh, two of my cousins and one of my friends. So we were out on the golf course playing golf and uh, trying to keep really my mind off of watching, <laughs> watching it and watching <laughs> the phone because yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So, we, uh, we played an early round of golf. We had actually uh, just finished up. We were walking off the course, and I got a, a phone call from a, from a Seattle number, from a, a 206 area code number, which is the area code out there. Uh-huh. I went to I went to answer it, and I hung up on it. But oh. I actually didn't get the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the whatever, you know. Decline button, button, yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and I knew that that was Seattle, and I knew that this was kind of the time that they had told me early on if they didn't take the quarterback in the first cool story okay yeah, and then uh I wasn't at the time, I can tell you that. no yeah i'm sure you were like oh my god did i just blow it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. funny former seahawks quarterback mike teal my first guest on my 32nd lightning round what is your favorite stadium food hot dog 
uh, pre-game ritual. Uh, Eminem, Lose Yourself on my headphones. Oh, that was going to be another question. I was going to say, what's your favorite pump-up song? Lose Yourself. Okay. Um, favorite exercise to do? Uh, training. Uh, if not football, then what? Baseball. Baseball. What position? Okay. And your best inspirational quote to live by? Uh, true test of a man is how he faced for diversity. Oh, very good.